What's up, Conroe? Welcome back to a brand new edition of Nerd Thug Sports. We're on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, and we're streaming at IrelandStar.com. Um, yeah, this is Corey DLG, and with me as usual is the little brother Nico. It is I. It is you. What if it wasn't you? Oh, that'd be weird. That'd be very weird. That was such a stoner question. <laughs> what if it wasn't you? <laughs> what if it wasn't you? Um, it's like what if in the per- what if you looked in the mirror and the person you were looking at wasn't you? Ooh. All right, so today was the Major League Baseball trade deadline. Oh, so fancy! And essentially, the Astros won the World Series today. All right, that's basically the deal. Uh, so two years ago. The Astros were a young, up-and-coming team, uh, and they had uh, Dallas Keuchel, who had won the Cy Young the year before, if I'm not mistaken, and everyone was saying how good we were, how young we were, but really we needed one more good arm. And so two years ago at the trade deadline, we pulled the trigger, or Jeff Luno does, not we, and gets... Uh, Justin Verlander brings him over here to the Astros who had he had a trade deadline a, wh- a whole bunch of stuff he kind of got uh, allegedly there was a conversation where a couple of the teammates called him up and talked to him into, I think age, uh, allegedly it was Beltran Carlos Beltran who called him up and was like you sh- you you want to be on this team like come over here mm-hmm. um, and that year we go on to win the World Series coming into this season the one thing we've been struggling with has been pitching. We we let we let a guy go in the off season. Uh, we just didn't want to. We weren't ready to pay big money to somebody yet because mm-hmm. we've got enough young core that we still control. So, I think it was about ten million, twelve million a year that he wound up getting. And then we also let Dallas Keuchel go. But then immediately, I'm blanking on the guy's name, but uh, we lost a guy to Tommy John mm-hmm. right away. So we were kind of like, oh, oh, okay, all right. But we still had Verlander and Cole, and we've kind of been like, well, we'll fill it out. We got a lot of young arms. We got a lot of guys we can kind of trust and let play and develop. And plus, we're still a really good team, so we don't need to get crazy yet. Well, the thing that's kind of been true the rest of the time this season has been our starting pitcher. It was like, we've been doing a lot of by committee in the fifth pitcher spot. Mm-hmm. Where we, uh, two weeks ago, we actually didn't even announce a a pitcher, like a starter. We announced a opener. Right. They didn't, no, seriously. Usually you call it a starter. They called him an opener. They said, our opener for today's game will be, and I don't remember who it was, but it was from the bullpen, and they got three to four innings out of them, and then that was it. That's all they wanted to get. They literally this went. This is all we need. They went full bullpen. So we've been saying that that we need more depth, but <coughs> oh, random attack. Yeah, I'm still fighting. Man, I'm, I've been fighting this cold, like this cough, for like two weeks now. Can't fight it. Um. 
we've we've got a really good young guy that we want to hold on to in AAA, um, and so we've been we've been like every trade offer has been like we'll take that guy, and we're like no, we don't want to do that. So the big news is we wound up getting Zach Greinke this year. All right, um, it's great for us with Zach Greinke and Verlander and Cole and Miley. We have four of the top fifteen. E, uh, lowest ERAs in baseball now. Nice. Yeah, on one team. Easy. So what that means is, usually when you go to the playoffs, you you automatically go three-man rotation. We're not going to do that. Well, we probably will on a five-game series. If the five-game series for some reason goes five games, we'll probably go Verlander, Cole, uh, Granke, Verlander, either Granky or Cole for that fifth one. Mm-hmm. But on a seven-game series, we'll just write out all four guys. Right. Like, there's almost no need, unless unless we're down and it's like 1-2 for game four, then we'll probably send out like a Verlander situation. But more than likely, we will go just our, our regular starting four all playoffs now. Nothing changes for us. Right. Uh, we also picked up... Uh, okay, so to get Zach Greinke, we sent Corbin Martin, J.B. Bukakis, and Seth Beer, and Josh Rojas to Arizona. But most of those guys are, are two-way guys. Right. So two-way guys are like two years away from come, from being in a major league. Also infield guys, we've got a ton of infield. Like, right. We're not doing that. Um... Zach Greinke's got two years left on his contract. And on top of that, even though the contract is... It's, it's a six-year, $200 million contract that he signed a few years back. So, in theory, those numbers are crazy, okay? On paper, it's like $30 million a season that he's getting. Uh. But we got $24 million back. And um, we got $24 million back from the Diamondbacks. And... $10 million a season is actually deferred. Nice. So these three seasons, we have them. First of all, this year is basically free. $24 million basically pays the salary. For the next two years, though, it's like a $21 million and like a $22 million hit in, in what is like real money. Right. Now, the six years after that, he gets a $10 million check, though. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's real good considering he'll probably sign one more contract. So it's weird to think he'll be playing somewhere else. And then it might be here. I mean, who knows? And then getting Yeah, he might stay. He might stay. Probably not though. Probably more than likely listen, the reality is more than likely Verlander, Cole, and Granky won't re sign here. More than likely. Overtime. Yeah, Cole not. Cole is a free agent this year, and now with Granky and Verlander, we'll more than likely let him go. Yeah, just uh, out, just out of a money thing, probably. Well, just because we have so many young people, right? Yeah, we still have, we still have a lot of options. Uh, and then also the guy returning from Tommy John, so we'll we'll just write it out with who we got again. And if we got to make another trade, we'll make another trade. Right. But um, Verlander's got I think two years left. And so Granky technically two and a half years left. So like all three of these guys will probably cycle out. 
and go other places, and then Granky will still be getting a ten million dollar check from us. Right. But right now, right now, right we're now we, good. we're looking real good because we also then, I want to say to the Blue Jays, we went to the Blue Jays. Yeah, and we got Aaron Sanchez and Joe Bigiani. Um, and it looks like all we traded over to them was Derek Fisher. We got two for one. And these are bullpen guys. So we've been going through the bullpen a lot because of the... Because of our opener. Because of our opener position. So this guy kind of creates the leverage. These two trades suddenly were dangerously deep. Right. And beyond being dangerously deep, we now have a healthy, hardy bullpen with two more guys in the mix. Right. So we have a lot of options. And we didn't give up a lot to get there. No. Um, and then I was talking with this with uh, the Captain Joey Savage. The Astros themselves as a team, because I was kind of, I made the comment kind of like, at some point someone's going to have, someone's going to get paid by this team. So like I was like I wonder if we keep Garrett Cole, but the more we thought about it, the more I think I, I the more I think they let him go, just because we have so many other people. Right. But at some point, someone gets paid. So like Springer's got a few years left. Mm-hmm. Uh, Altuve. <coughs> Altuve's right in the middle of like a four-year deal. Bregman just signed a four-year deal. Um, I think Correa is the only one that's not signed a second contract yet. So I think his I think but even he I think is not this year but next year. Right. So the season's pretty locked. Oh, for us this season, yeah, no. I uh, I think we're I think I think it makes us a favorite. The other team that's like it's been the Dodgers the last 2 years that we've played against in in the postseason. You know, they didn't make a move. They needed to make a move and they didn't. They didn't get pitching or anything. Also, the Yankees needed to make a move. They didn't make a move. The Yankees have struggled now all of a sudden. And on top of that, uh, they just had to put somebody on the IR with uh, with a sports hernia, which is an abdominal surgery. Oof. And baseball is core-centric. Um, I don't – no, I think for this season, I think this makes us the favorite. I think we're now the clear-cut favorite to to win the World Series. Beyond that, though – I think this team just keeps resetting itself and positioning itself to keep extending the window. Right, yeah, because of the length of all the contracts and, like, when they all run out. Yeah, because, like, we're not any... So we're not, like, we're not in a position where, like, the entire team, like, just, like, defaults on, like, one year. Right, exactly. And beyond that, they're staggered well enough. So, like, Alex, the Alex Bregman thing was huge because we didn't have to do that, first of all. We gave him, I think, four years and a hundred million dollars, which is great. Uh, but we didn't, we weren't in a position where we needed to. Matter of fact, I think if we'd offered him a raise of at least, I think if we'd offered him at least six hundred and something thousand, he would have been obligated by baseball rules to take it and not be able to do anything about it. Ah, uh, dumb old baseball rules. Well, yeah, and they're definitely dumb. To be very clear, like if you offer them, uh, I think it's like a twelve percent raise from their previous year's salary. While they're under your control, like that's, they can't say no. Yeah, that's that's all they're that's all you're obligated to do to, so, to keep controlling them. So dumb. Um, so yeah, Bregman 
adding four years to Bregman basically took care of all of his mediation years, and it gets it's it's one year of potential free agency. So that gave us control of this core of team. You know, potentially through that five year window. Right. Um. Now we've done everything with old pitchers. Now I think now our young guys are starting. They'll start to come up and develop, and that'll determine how long this window stays open. Like if we have to keep going out and getting old pitchers to bring, and I say old, like early thirties, when we right, yeah. we've got this massive farm system, we got one of the best. We had one of the best farm systems every year. We've done one of these kind of bigger trades. We've started to kind of deplete a little bit, but we still draft so well. Right. Um, I ju- how our young pitchers develop will determine how much longer the window stays open. But for this season, I think essentially it's a lock. I think we I think we just ended. I think we just won the World Series. We'll see after two hundred thousand games. <sighs> I think there's still well forty plus fifty games to go. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's mo- that's just literally like what six times football. <laughs> like yes, yes, <laughs> it's ridiculous. All right, with that, we're gonna jump out to a break. When we come back, we got more Nerd Thug Sports coming your way. Cox ATA is the leader in ATA martial arts with two convenient locations, one in Conroe, one in Magnolia. They offer courses for young adults, children, and senior citizens, and everything in between for people who are interested in self-defense, taekwondo, or various other courses. Be sure to check out the Facebook page if you're interested in Cox ATA Taekwondo. This is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back, Conroe, to another edition of Nerd Thug Sports. We're hanging out here on um, this lovely Thursday on 104.5, 106.1. And um, that's all I got right now. How you doing, Nico? Doing all right about yourself. I'm doing okay. Um, good news, if you're a Saints fan. Oh? Michael Thomas has ended the holdout. Finally? He got paid. Ooh. How much did he get? I don't know. Before uh, before we answer that, I want you to tell everybody about uh, our friends at Cox ATA. Cox ATA Martial Arts. They have the best Taekwondo this side of the Mississippi. Yeah. Um, they have all kinds of programs if you're age 3 to 93. Uh, they have all sorts of different programs. They have the Taekwondo, the Tai Chi, stuff for the little ones, the Tiny Tigers. Um, summer's slowly coming to an end, mm. but that's okay. Uh, Is it? Eh. Kids are going back to school. If you want to start a new routine, mention Nerd Thug Radio. Get two whole free weeks of training over at the locations. One in Conroe, one in Magnolia. They teach life skills. They build leaders. They leave. A legacy. All right, we're going to talk a little NFL here. Fancy. Um, as, as the school year approaches, so does the football season. The best thing about this time of year. <laughs> the rest, the sports channels finally awaken. That's right. There. Forget about Christmas. It's football season. <laughs> this is where the, this is where the hay really gets made. Right. Um, what do I want to say here? Okay. So Michael Thomas has been well. He's been underpaid. Um, there's a lot of people who don't believe that athletes can be quote unquote underpaid. There's a whole segment of the population who says, well, I'm going to call it dumb. They say dumb things, okay? 
They say things like, oh, they, they get paid to play a game, so they should just be grateful for whatever they get, blah, 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 blah. Um, the reality is this is a this is a golden goose. I think right. it was... This is like a trillion-dollar industry. Yeah, I think, it, I think it was $5 billion last year just in TV revenue. Right, outside of merchandising. Just TV. Forget tickets, forget sponsorships, forget jerseys, forget getting paid to put their logos on weird stuff and lunchboxes and all of that. Just in TV, I think it was $5 billion last year. That was the check. Just the absolute truckload of money. Just just an insane amount. And so, without the players, you don't have anything. Now there's right. also, and, and I think that that's where... I think that's where people's beliefs of how industry work come into play. Uh-huh. And that's where people's personal politics come into play, I believe, where some people are like, oh, but without the owner, there's no one for the people to work for, blah, blah, blah. True. But the owners get taken care of in this situation. They make good money. Right. 32 owners sit down and an entire players union sit down and they discuss something and it's split 1,000 players' ways and 32 owners' ways. So the owners come out okay. They're fine. Yeah. When you do a revenue split... 60-40 in favor of the owners, and so 32 people are getting 60% of jersey sales. They're okay. Right. Um, so Michael Thomas, though, was playing on his rookie deal. Was scheduled to make $1.1 million this season. His fifth and final season under the contract. Mm-hmm. The last three years, his average is top three in the NBA in the three relevant categories, which I think is catches, yards, touchdowns. The the NBA? (laughs) (laughs) Did I say the NBA? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, okay. No, no. In the NFL, I'm sorry. Catches, yards, and touchdowns. He's top three in them. All right. The other two guys that are up there with him are Hopkins of the Texans, and um, I think the other one was Julio Jones. All right. So, he's literally... A top three player in the league. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you start going... Hey, wait a minute. $1.1 million? Also, he had 90 more catches than anyone else on his team last year. Whoa. So, all of the leverage is in his department. Right. You can't once be like, that's not the guy. So, Drew Brees is 39, 40, I think. Um, and he's coming back for... He's taking it year by year now. But he's playing this year. So, I'm Michael Thomas. Drew Brees has literally year-to-year, case-by-case, may or may not come back. I am a top three in the league receiver. And I have 90 more catches in the next Saint receiver. Right. I don't go to camp. And so he didn't. He held out. He said, I'll wait here. You guys, once you guys want to pay me what I'm worth, I'll, I'll show up to work. Right. And so. As you do when you're a top three player. I don't want to say that because, like, I am, a, I am a believer that when you have a deal, you need to honor it. But I also am a believer that, like, when you crush a deal and things change, it's time to be. Well, yeah. Well, if you're like, hey, I'm going to not pay you anything. Or pay you way less than what you're actually worth when you're 
such a high achiever like uh, but like of course you're gonna ha- you have all, he has all the leverage because he has such a strong position. Well, he has all the leverage because the Saints don't have anyone else. Right. Like if there was another guy, so like if, if there, remember, yeah, how if there was, if, yeah. remember how the Steelers had Brown and Juju Smith Schuster. Right. So they were like, well, fine, Brown. If you don't want to be here, we'll cut you. And Juju Smith Schuster was voted best wide receiver on the team by the locker room and stuff like that. Yeah. They don't have that in the Saints. Nope. It's just it's, Michael Thomas. It's literally just him. When he's when he's better than everyone else by ninety. <laughs> ninety more catches. Also he only I mean only he had hundred and twenty six catches last year, which means the number two guy It's like thirty thirty six catches? Like what is going on in this lineup? Like and Drew Brees throws to everyone. When he finishes a game, he'll have twelve receivers. But I guess they all caught one and Michael Thomas caught thirty. Right. Like it's crazy. Um but so he got a hundred million dollar contract, a uh, uh, four year hundred million dollar extension, mm-hmm. with sixty one million guaranteed. Oh, that's a good guaranteed. Uh, the one hundred million resets the wide receiver market. It's now the highest for a wide receiver. Fantastic. The sixty one million is the most guaranteed to any player. That's pretty good. I think it might be any non-quarterback player or it might be any player. Uh, I think it's non-quarterback because I think Alex Smith had $80 million guaranteed. No, Cousins. Cousins has $80 million guaranteed from the Vikings. That's way too much, but all right. Well, and they weren't good last year in year one of that. I think it's a, th- I think it's a, four year, a three- or four-year $80 million guaranteed contract. Completely guaranteed. And year one didn't go so well for them. Mm. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, on the other hand, of the Cowboys, he has two years left. Him, Dak Prescott, and Amari Cooper all have free agency coming, and they haven't re-signed them yet, and Ezekiel Elliott wants to go first because he wants to get his money. So right now he's in Cabo. Nice. He did not make the team flight to training camp. Oh, no, I missed it. Darn. Oh, darn. Cabo. He's so far away. Yeah. How will he ever make it? So he's working out, and I'm using finger quotes there because I don't know if he's working out or not. He's gotten, when he got drafted, he wore to the draft a uh, a midriff showing suit. He basically cut a suit at the belly to show off his six-pack uh-huh. at the draft. Um, A lot of people say he's gotten, like, Body soft over these two years. <laughs> he just got like a little tubby because he's a little bit, a little bit, allegedly. Now he's still an NFL running back, so yeah. But like, he's probably not as aesthetic as he wants to correct. be. Correct. And he's in Cabo. Ah, uh, you know, great working out location. So Jerry Jones goes on TV to give spin, like try and control it, because, you know, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, he has to talk to the media. He's the only owner, by the way, who gives his own press conference after games. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, He said, someone basically was like, hey, so this kind of happened before. Emmett Smith, after the Cowboys won their first Super Bowl, Emmett Smith held out, and the Cowboys lost the first two games the next season. Because he just didn't show. And then they signed him, and he came back, and they won two more Super Bowls. Nice. Um, but the year they won that first Super Bowl, he was the rushing champion. And so he was like, how am I going to be the rushing champion, and we win a Super Bowl, and then you not pay me? Right. So he stayed home. So somebody was trying to ask if 
Ezekiel Elliott has a parallel to Emmitt Smith because no one in football thinks that the Cowboys offense is any good if Ezekiel Elliott isn't there. Right. It's not like he's the he's like the linchpin that holds them together. Right. He they all He's good, but he's not no, like No, no, no. They do. They say that. They say if Ezekiel Elliott's not there. And last year when he missed games and so the, the Cowboys had a bad year last year. And he missed games. Right. And they were losing the games he missed. And people were like, oh, I guess we need a Zeke. Um, so to me, I think there's a parallel. I think you need to have, they're only going to go so far as how far he goes. Right. Well, Jerry Jones was trying to, he goes, no, uh, there's no parallel because Emmett Smith won a Super Bowl. Also, also, when we won that Super Bowl, that was the first time Ever that the rushing champ had been on the Super Bowl winning team. So he was saying it's never been a rushing champ on a Super Bowl winner until they did it in the 90s. So he's like, oh, you don't need a rushing champ to win the Super Bowl. That's fair, I guess. And that's fair for most teams. It's not fair for this Cowboys team. No. Like this Cowboys team will not win a Super Bowl if they don't have Elliott running. Because that's what he does. It really is. I think his rookie season, he was averaging five or six yards before anyone touched him. It's pretty good. That's, that's half the change right there. It's pretty good. Uh, Almost a first down. Oh, first down. Almost a first down. First down. Four runs, 20 yards. That's a good living. Right. Um, Yeah. I, we're getting into the nitty gritty. We're about to start like we have to do some stuff. When we come back, I'm going to talk about why this is happening right now and why it's important. Uh, because the labor contracts are about to come up for the NFL. Um, they're about they're starting negotiations now. Uh, right now, we're going to jump out to a break. When we come back, we got more Nerd Thug Sports coming your way. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back, Conroe, to some brand new and more Nerd Thug Sports. Brand new and more. Right. Eh. New and more. More and new. I mean, why give them just one? Right. Let's give them both. Exactly. Let's give them new and more. Let's uh, stretch our nerd thug muscles, you know? Right. Really get into it. Really lean into it. Really lean into it. Um, yeah. So before we went to break, we were talking about the NFL uh, Players Union contract. The collective bargaining agreement is the fancy term for all of that. Right. So in two years, it's scheduled to expire. And unlike in previous seasons, the NFL is the NFL and the players unions have started to sit down and negotiate stuff. So I think there's a bunch of little dots that connect into this story. And that's why I'm bringing it up now because I think it's important. So dot number one, 
is Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill of the Chiefs uh, had a pretty bad offseason. Mm-hmm. A tape was leaked, allegedly made, and now some people say doctored by an ex by a baby mama. Where in it, Tyreek Hill threatens her. All right. Now, the NFL investigated. The police investigated. They didn't find any new wrongdoing between Tyreek Hill and her or between Tyreek Hill and the kid. Mm-hmm. And so, also the kid had broken an arm and CPS investigated that. They didn't find anything... And they didn't find enough to get Hill in trouble. Right. Now, a lot of people, though, were talking about Hill is already in the quote-unquote, like, player conduct policy that Roger Goodell started about seven years ago when the Ray Rice stuff blew up in their face. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing that they used to uh, suspend Adrian Peterson for a year. Right. Same thing they used to basically end Ray Rice's career. Because Ray Rice had had a bad season, then he punched his girlfriend in an elevator. Uh, he got suspended a couple games by the league. He was scheduled to return to play when the video released of mm-hmm. the incident, and the entire world yelled at the NFL. So they then repunished Ray Rice because that's fair. Uh, right. he, he actually just won a settlement for about ten million dollars, I think, last year from the NFL for that because they punished him twice. Um, but anyway, there are a lot of people who thought because of the player conduct, player conduct policy that even without evidence, they could go ahead and get Tyreek Hill in trouble. Mm-hmm. That isn't what happened. Matter of fact, nothing happened. Tyreek Hill has reported to the chiefs. He's in training camp. He's ready to go. He's not going to miss a game as of right now. There are people who are disappointed that the league didn't do more because he was already under their stricter rules because of previous screw-ups. Mm-hmm. That's dot one, okay? All right. So dot one is them being extra lenient to Tyreek Hill. Uh, dot two, it's the, I think like the 100th anniversary or the 50th anniversary of football in Ohio. (coughs) And so all of a sudden, the Bengals, who regularly spend their preseason in a certain place, I don't remember the name of the place they usually practice. This facility is nearby, but it's one of the original facilities that practices were held out, so the NFL asked them to practice specifically on this field. Oh, wow. The second the players got there... um. The field's not in good shape. It's it's turf, and so I guess no one like checked beyond the fact that it said, existed. Yeah, oh, it's turf, so it should be good. But as any athlete will tell you, and I'm no athlete, but I know this: there are no like turf is as different as turf can be. Like there's right. expensive turf, and then there's cheap turf. Um, when when there was when I was in high school, our turf field was essentially a like a green carpet pad over a concrete slab. Um, it was bad. Years later, now there's probably been hundreds of millions of dollars poured in that stadium, and it's probably really nice. It's probably like the nicest fake grass on the planet. But that wasn't the case back in the day. Matter of fact, I think a bunch of people got staffed because like our 
field was so gross. <laughs> really <laughs> gross. Yeah. Uh, but that's dot number two is immediately the players were like, this field is just garbage. It feels like running on rocks. And A.J. Green tore ligaments in his ankle, and now he's set to miss several games in the season, probably oh. four or five games in the season. Oh. And no one's saying it out loud. That's definitely the field. Probably. The field at least probably played a factor in his injury. So the league mandated where the Bengals played, and now it probably cost the Bengals their season because they're not a very good team, so they can't just give up games. And now their top wide receiver is not playing the first probably four or five games. Oh, that's rough. That's real rough. Um, That's the next dot. The other dot is all of these holdouts and all of these... Standoffs. It seems like an awful standoffy season, right? Right. There's been major holdouts when really... I feel like that didn't happen a couple of years ago. Well, not only did it not happen, but they changed the rules they thought to make it harder. And last year, Le'Veon Bell proved that that's not the case. Le'Veon Bell proved that if you had already been franchise tagged and you held out again and just didn't sign the new one, they had to give you the highest franchise tag when you come back. So now players have this weird leverage where the teams don't want to franchise them. And then, so like right now, Jadavion Clowney is sitting out and he is on a franchise tag. If he's, if he signs because he played out his whole rookie deal and we, the Texans didn't offer him an extension. I don't know what the story was, but apparently we didn't offer him enough money. Um, he's not going to give us the discount because him and Bill O'Brien don't get along. And I don't know why you don't get along with a guy who just mauls people, which Clowney right. does. Uh, like, I don't know what more you want from him, but apparently they don't get along. Um, but so, like, if we tag Clowney this year and next year he sits out again, he would automatically be eligible for a quarterback-level salary on the second tag. There you go. So he would get a pay raise of probably, like, $9 million. <laughs> That's pretty good. So all of a sudden now people don't want to do that. Right. People have zero interest in that. Um, and so, and a lot of these guys don't have, like, Ezekiel Elliott doesn't have a lot of leverage. He needs, like, he's got two years left. Now, Michael Thomas, he had a lot of leverage because the clock is ticking on Drew Brees, and he was so much better than everyone else. There are running backs all over the NFL who, who will do their best to take Ezekiel Elliott's job. Right. Now, whether or not they're able to is a different story, but they will try to take it. Right. Um, they will try. They will try. Um, so that's the next dot is all these different holdouts and all of this kind of the money. And the fourth dot, which I think is very important, and it's sort of a weird one, is the NBA free agent offseason. A third of the league changed teams, and most of them got pay raises. Yeah. And so the NFL players were watching their NBA counterparts get these larger guaranteed contracts just all over the place. For free. I mean, not... For free, quote For, for not doing a lot, that's for sure. Right, yeah, for being traded or... For being traded. Or for being moved. For not being very, like... For oh. not being like this isn't like the best player in the league. This isn't right. Like After obviously, the max contracts there were yeah. a lot of guys who got ten and twelve and fifteen million dollars who weren't very good, but they play defense and shoot threes, and every team is looking for that. And so they're like, "There's not enough guys who do it." So here you go. Here's some money. 
And so, like, that kind of thing... It it spreads across the games. Well, it does. If you're because these guys they see each other all the time. They right. all they were college buddies. They you know it's they, the, they it's see the each culture. other at alumni. They see each other at red carpet events. They see each other at charity events. They're the celebrities of the same town. They go to the same nightclubs and things of this nature. They cross paths all the time, and it's like, hey, bro, your sport's killing it. And it's like, yeah, man, you guys are doing good too. And it's like, yeah, but I'm not getting what you're getting. Right. And so I do think I think those dots kind of form this connection where the players and the owners both, it's in both of their best interest to get together as fast as possible and sit down and try and iron out a new five to 10 year deal because there's a lot of, listen, women's soccer just had a great moment. Baseball is constantly trying to find ways to get more people to watch. Basketball is steadily rising. UFC and in, in boxing are kind of eating away at the chunks too. It's not a guarantee that football is football isn't promised sports dominance forever. Right. It also has the shortest season right. out of all of them. And so a lot of the players are trying to figure out how we make the most money, we play the fewest games, and we're still getting crushed as far as as salaries go in in comparison to the other sports. Right. And so there's a lot of players who there's a lot of players who are pushing this year this the union for this. Also, the owners want things. The owners want to go to 18 games. Um, right, they're like more games, more TV, more money. Right, uh, and the players are like, "What happened to player safety?" Like, right, we can only do this 12 times a year. The running backs only play you know 13, 14 games a year. Right. Most of them. So yeah, I think this is really interesting. They're they're scheduled to. Allegedly, they've had preliminaries, and they're scheduled to start negotiating uh, here in the next coming months and kind of swap ideas Mm -hmm. of what's important to either side. But I think that these dots are relevant to... Cox ATA is the leader in ATA martial arts with two convenient locations, one in Conroe, one in Magnolia. They offer courses for young adults, children, and senior citizens, and everything in between for people who are interested in self-defense, taekwondo, or various other courses. Be sure to check out the Facebook page if you're interested in Cox ATA Taekwondo. Hey, Haywood Jeffries, former Houston Oilers wide receiver on Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back, Conroe, to Nerd Thug Sports. Hanging out on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations. And we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Uh, make sure to check out Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio. And then, um, uh, what else? Oh, www.NerdThugRadio.com. Yep. That's where all the good stuff goes down. Right there. Nerd Thug Radio. That's where the magic happens. The magic. Yeah, the magic. Check out that magic. That's all I got. Fair enough. Like weird, like Eastern European cool guy voice. Right. I am DJ from Slovakia. That's about how Slovakian sound. I think so. I think I nailed that. Uh, before we get too far into anything, let me tell you guys about um, The Adventure Begins. So, uh... <coughs> 
<laughs> there he goes. I know, I'm dead. Uh, so <laughs> I get these great emails from Bill where like he gives me the updates on like, uh-huh. the events that are going to go on that he wants us to talk about. So I want to read. Um, I want to read this. So he says, I'll follow up on Wednesday this week with another big event for the weekend of August 2nd, but we're keeping it hush-hush until then. So he's all pumped about something, right? So this Sunday, August 4th, at Adventures, they've got their uh, semi-monthly Adventures League going on right there. Adventure begins on 1488. Comics, games, and more. Uh, that's going to be from 4 to 8 p.m. And then also Sunday from 4 to 8 p.m., they're doing their monthly miniature painting meetup. Once a month, they all get together. They paint the miniatures. Uh, it's a really cool thing. Like, I like it. So, this was the big announcement that he was excited about. I got a new email this morning. Um, this Friday and Saturday only, we're throwing a snap sale. Ooh. Yeah. We're overstocked on toys, collectibles, and games. So, come in and grab some deals up to 50% off. Hence, the snap. Oh. That's good, right? All toys and collectibles will be 35% off. If the original price is greater than $99, then it's 50% off. So go ahead and come in and get those. Uh, this is when you go and get like the statues and stuff like that. Right, yeah. If you go in and there was a statue you wanted, all of a sudden it just got... Now it's available. Like it just got half off. Right. So if it's 100 bucks, it's 50 bucks this weekend only. Um... Trades, graphic novels, and manga will be 35% off. Uh, original price is greater than $99. It's 50% off. All box games will be 25% off with some priced at 50% off. Wow. So I believe this is the Adventure Begins first sale. Oh, fancy. I think. Like first store-wide sale. sale. So what that means is it's time to go up there and spend that money. Right. Um, it's a really great place to go. I love hanging out there. There's a lot going on. Uh, we'll be up there next Friday, continuing our Hero Clicks adventure. It is the second week of uh, rounds going through. How'd you do? I came in third because Donnie uh, crept up on me. Yeah, he snuck up on you. I yeah. went over. Oof. Over. No, that's not true. I had the buy, so I went one and two. You went one and two. I went two one. I won the buy. You did win the buy. That's best points on the board. That is points on the board. That counts. It does count. Um, but yeah, so the adventure com- the adventure begins. Comics, games, and more. Right there on fourteen eighty eight. This Sunday they got D and D. They got miniatures paintings. But Friday and Saturday they got a sale going on. The snap sale. I the love snap. that. I think that's really clever. Uh, make sure to get out there and check them out. Uh, they've got a ton of cool statues and stuff. So if there's something you've been looking at and waiting for. 50% off. That's a huge deal. That is a good deal. All right. So get out there and check that out. The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and more. They're having their snap sale this weekend. Um, I don't really have a ton here. How much time we got? We got a whole five minutes. Okay, good. Um, Let's talk about this. You want to talk about wrestling? Sure. All right. Wrestling is kind of that weird sport, pop culture middle. It's 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 qualified as a combat sport. I'll qualify it. Yeah, that's true. You know, uh, speaking of combat sports, you know, uh, another boxer died like the following week after that Maxim uh, Dadashov fight. That's so sad. I, I told you, America leads the entire uh, world in boxing deaths by like a lot. 
I think since 19, I think we've had, since whatever year it is, we've had about three times as the next highest nation. And, like, there's no reason for that. I don't understand how that. Not at all. I don't understand how that works. I don't know how anybody's dying. No, let me, let me rephrase. (coughs) I know how they're dying. I get that part. You don't know why. I don't understand why they're dying. If there's a referee, a, a ring doctor, that's really the guy who should be in trouble. Yeah, that guy and corners and... Yeah, because corners have their own doctors and managers. You're not, you're not required to have a doctor in your corner. A lot of guys will have a cut man who's not a doctor, but he knows how to like manipulate swelling to keep, you, keep your eyes open, right. which is brutal to think about in and of itself. But it's weird to me... Doesn't make like sense. Corners and coaches and ring doctors and still people are dying. Yeah, there's a lot of people who, who are not who aren't doing their job. They're not protecting the fighter. So, that would be my first question for a lot of these people: is like, who do you th- like? How do you think you? How would you rate your job performance if you're a referee? And the fighter died from the fight you refereed. Yeah, no, just throw me out right now. At like, the very least, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to sleep at night because it'd be like I killed someone. I let someone die. Yeah, for sure. At the very minimum. Right. Um. So anyway, in the WWE, they did this thing this week that I think kind of mirrors that, and I think it was too far. I think it was kind of. So, sometimes the WWE goes for what I like to call, like, the shock value. Mm-hmm. Or they're, like... Keeps the people entertained. Right. But, like, there's one thing for a story to be over the top. It's another thing for, like, excessive violence. Mm-hmm. So, like, Brock Lesnar came out there uh, Monday night and F5'd Seth Rollins onto a steel chair. And I don't mean like his face hit like a chair that was folded down. He was dropping his stomach onto the, the a chair that was folded out. Ugh. And he did it so many times that Seth Rollins then was coughing up blood. Now, I don't know if it was fake. I don't know if he had a blood pack in his mouth. I don't know if he bit his tongue. I don't know. I don't know what they did to create the effect. Um, But my issue is... That's too far. Like, because after the after he was quote unquote hurt, Brock Lesnar then picked him up and did like two more onto the chair. Right. So now the story that they're telling is that Brock Lesnar wants to kill people. It's fake. Right. Yeah. We all know it's fake. Like, we can forget for a little bit that it's fake we can kind of let that pass while we watch it like a lot of these moves don't really hurt somebody right they're designed to not kill you but when you're watching the match you kind of lose yourself in the dance of it and you're like oh that's so cool looking and the athleticism of it but you don't you know ultimately it's fake right but what kind of changes that is all of a sudden the idea that like, oh, now we're going to pretend to want to kill him. Right, yeah. 
We're gonna we're gonna pretend that we're gonna try and kill someone on stage. Right. Which is and like uh, wrestling has a lot of young fans too, and like right. That's really not what you want to get out to. And I think they're trying to return to that teen appropriate era. They don't. They don't want to remember that they have the young fans right now. They're trying to go. And like it's fine to appeal to your teenagers, but I feel like there's a more mature. Like you can write more dynamic storylines versus Brock Lesnar attempts murder. murder. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's and I think that's where I just don't. It took me out of it. Right. Suddenly, I wasn't like, "Oh, this is an interesting story." I was like, "Well, he's not really gonna kill him, right?" Yeah, <coughs> and I think that that was it was deflating to the fantasy of the moment, right? It takes you totally out of it. And also, considering there are people dying in the ring right now. It's a little... I don't know that that's the story you want to tell. Right. I almost think you want to um, maybe avoid telling that story right now. Yeah, it's a little bit of a hot button right now, considering what's happened. Right, like if, if your family is... um, If you're a family member of... Maxim Dadashev, do you think it's appropriate? Right. I don't know. They may not even be able to come here now. <laughs> well, that's true. I think they're. I think they send them back to Russia, honestly, or they're going to go back to Russia. I don't know how that. I don't know what the situation is there. Um. But yeah, I do. I just I saw that and I thought like, what a, what poor taste. Right. And you don't expect the WWE to have like a ton of great tastes. Right, yeah, this is not like, this is, they're the pinnacle of entertainment. Right. But you do want them to, you do want them to be able to kind of respect boundaries. Right. Like, it it takes all kinds of things, but that, pretending to try and murder someone is outside the bounds of even what wrestling is. Right. And, like, there are times where it's worked. Undertaker's a supernatural gravedigger. Okay, fine. If Undertaker wants to bury a guy, fine. Right, because it's on, it's like, on theme, in character, in the ring. Right. But if Brock Lesnar is making a guy bleed and then wants to continue hurting him, that's too far. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's kind of... I was... I didn't, it's, I didn't it's like a little. That. It's a little tone deaf. It goes away from, like the campy, ridiculous part of the WWE and more so the extreme edge. Right. That you kind of, you don't want to toe that line. No, and you don't want to be the, yeah, exactly. You don't, you're already the middle between like UFC, MMA, and sports. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be the the one who goes over the edge. Right. Uh, speaking of that, we're going to go ahead and jump out of here. We're going to be the ones who go over the bread, over the edge and into the end of an episode. Um, thank you everybody for listening. Everybody have a great day on behalf of Cox ATA and the adventure begins comics, games, and more, uh, little brother Nico and myself, same nerd thug time, same nerd thug channel. <laughs>